You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 286. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. As you are listening to this, it is so exciting to be able to check in with you from Detroit, Michigan. I'm actually from Rochester, Michigan, which is Metro Detroit, and it's been such a fun experience to spend almost a week in downtown Detroit and see all of the new unfoldings that are happening all around here. It is so exciting to see a place that has had such a varied history in the last several decades come alive in the way that I am seeing it today or over this week. And it was also awesome to do work and worth here over the weekend as well and spend so much time with wonderful Lively Show listeners in person in a space here in Detroit. And just to be able to meet those who came near and far, Susie all the way from Germany and others like Nishi right here in Ann Arbor or even people in Windsor just across the bridge from Detroit. Well, in today's episode, I am excited to bring you another client session. We've gotten some amazing messages from people listening to the Emily part one and part two shows that we aired earlier in this season five. And as I was going forward, as we recorded these client sessions, you're about to hear this week and in the weeks coming up, we thought we were going to put them into one hour shows, but I've actually decided since everyone seems so excited about them to put them into solo episodes. So these episodes, including this one today with Christy and going forward for a little while, we'll give this a try, are going to actually be two hours long. So feel free to break this up in chunks that work for you in your commute or whatever life that you're living. But if you do want to go straight through and have the two hour experience, just like Christy did as we were having our session directly, you'll be able to get that effect for yourself as well. I'm actually very curious to see from a listener perspective if anyone starts to feel a little bit like the clients that I've worked with because as these people had two hours doing this inner voice work with me and listening to their inner voice again and again and again throughout our sessions, they had really profound shifts that stuck with them after our session was done as well for hours if not days afterwards. So they were such fun little messages to get back and I kind of almost now joke with friends saying I should put little messages on my clients client session saying, warning, do not operate machinery after doing a two-hour client session like this. But anyways, we'll see how this all resonates for you as you listen to this as well. In today's episode with Christy, we are going to be speaking with her. She's a clinical pharmacist and poet and writer. You can see her work over at christymaffitt.com. That's Christy, K-R-I-S-T-Y-M-A-F-F-I-T.com. In this episode in a client session, we're going to talk about allowing her truest self-expression to flow. And if you've ever experienced a creative block, this episode is great for you. In addition, we'll talk about uncertainty and flowing with life surprise unfoldings. And we're going to talk about alignment and goals. Let's go to the show. Christy, how can we help you today? It's interesting because I follow my intuition. It's something which I know you know a lot about intuition. I haven't always in my life. And then I had a series of things that happened that really woke me up to have me start to reevaluate the life that I had created versus the life that was waiting to like live through me. Love it already. Already excited. The life that's living through you. I'm already excited. This is going to be fun. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, where do I start? But I usually always end up starting at this place. I work as a clinical pharmacist and informaticist. So 
I, you know, have been very involved with academia and spent a lot of time in school. And I am a poet and I'm a writer and I've written poetry for most of my life. And it's been a way for me to express, tap into an expression that I don't otherwise express. So like the things that I used to hold back more, the things that I maybe didn't want to deal with, the things that I wasn't ready to face. And it would reach a point, though, where I couldn't ignore it anymore. And so it would come out in the form of poetry. And in 2006, I sat down at my kitchen table at midnight and I wrote a poem called Zombie. And it started with, you know, the wax and wane of this muddled existence has left me feeling next to zero. And it was really just a part of me speaking to myself and saying, you know, <laughs> you, you feel empty right? You feel completely empty. And then I went on and listed all of my accomplishments. You know, like, I have a doctor of pharmacy degree, I have a beautiful home, I was married, I had a dog, had money. And I coined that as blonde highlights and, you know, Chanel. I love that. That's your way of saying shiny pennies. That's what that means to me. And then, you know, I ended with but you know, I'm on the threshold of happily ever after, like unknowing of how to begin, you know, like on the outside looking in. And of course, I wrote the poem and I closed my notebook and like went on with my life. And then two years later, I ended up having my daughter. There was something about becoming a mother for me that really connected me in love with not only my daughter, but with myself and really started to become a catalyst of change in my life. And, you know, becoming a mom, like you really don't know what you're doing, you know, like you at least with your first, you've never done it before. And it's really a lot, you know, instinct paired with just trying what you can, you know, and I think it was a period in my life where I didn't know it from a book. I didn't know it from something that I put into my brain. It was something that I just had to flow with. I know you use that word flow, like figure out and know that I'm not the only one who's done this. Like many other people have done this and their children have survived. And, you know, my daughter's, you know, she's loved more than anything. The species is still here. <laughs> For better or worse, the species is still here. It's kind of insane at the moment, but, you know, it's still going, surprisingly. Right. And I think one of the things, though, that happened along with that is that I started reading again. I just started reading. I love to read novels and books. And I started reading things that, you know, I, I otherwise wouldn't have allowed myself to read at that time because it was, like, frivolous or just fun and, like, Twilight and the Mortal Instruments series. And and then tad into that, I read the book The Shack. And what happened was I never really remembered this point. I always remembered when the universe sent it back to me. I asked for a story to tell. And then at, at the time, I worked at the hospital as a, as a pharmacist, and I would work in the oncology unit. And I had finished dosing chemotherapy for my job and I checked into an email and clicked into it and saw a Temple St. Clair jewelry and there was an angel, a gold angel pendant that was encircled with a rainbow sapphire spectrum. And at that point, something inside of me just clicked and it was, you should write a story about angels and like all this like infor, you know, this information kind of came to me. Um, I was at work and was like, what, you know, what is this that's coming to me? And unfortunately, during my commute home, I completely talked myself out of it. All right, let's right here, just pull some things apart that's going to help this become much clearer. So you basically receive this idea about angels. Yeah. What was your previous relationship to angels before that idea? That's actually a really good question. I think other than like Christmas songs from like church, because I went to church when I was like younger. 
This was not your personal passion. This isn't like you're looking up angel numbers like I might be whenever I see a repeating number series. Not yet. Okay. All right. So at this point, this is not a previous thing that you as Christy, the driver's license version of the mind, the ego, had been attached to. So this comes to you, kind of hits you more than it's, <laughs> it's coming through you. It's not coming by the mind. Then what you experience. So basically, I just want to describe the experience because it gets confusing if we don't understand a little bit about the elements involved. So idea comes to and through you and you're like, what the hell? This is not my personality. This is not my human persona, my identity. So it comes and then what happens is you go in the car and the mind, the ego, the driver's license, Christy says, what? Now, what I want to say is this isn't you. That was just the mind that you were hearing. That's the radio station that was playing through the gray matter in your head. What was that saying to you? I'm not a writer. I'm a pharmacist. I'm a mother. Identity. Now, let's look at this. My identity does not match the idea that came to me. Yes, exactly. So I shot it down. Not I, the mind. The mind shot it down. The idea came to me and the mind shot it down. Correct. You are like the neck that gets to pivot up and down between the ego in your head or the intuition or inner voice in your body. You're just more the awareness than you are the identity with either of these two aspects. So you're just kind of the one that gets to focus on what you choose to focus on. How does that feel to just even look at that? moment back in time it's played out in every aspect of your life but it's just like yeah you're not like, either of those things ultimately like they're all aspects of you but what tends to be in our level of consciousness and humanity right now is to identify with the mind thought most yes and that's where i was then with my life but all ideas that are meant to come to and through us they don't stop with that first knock on the door so Nine months later, I was driving home again from work and I had a CD in in the car that was on shuffle play and the angel song by Natasha Bedingfield came on and instantaneously that idea was there again. But this time I text one of my sisters and I, I told her about it and she's always been very supportive with my writing and she's like, just try. All right, let's also look here now. Do you mind if I keep doing this? No, I think this is great because you're providing a different lens for me to look at it. What's beautiful is I'm showing you an arc that plays out in patterns over and over and over again in your own life and that is happening for others as well because the mind and these elements are not that unique to each individual. The arc is rather similar. So what's interesting is you decided this time, second time, second tap on the door, the idea drops in and you texted your sister. I want to ask, now the mind, I want to hear the mind's answer to why did you choose your sister instead of your mom, your ex-partner? Why did you choose the sister? I'm going to, I have an idea and a guess. And I'm going to see if I'm right. She, this is going to sound really weird, but she does like yoga. She does this weird stuff that might like angels, maybe? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that she would be more receptive to me sharing that. So here's the thing you can notice. When you have this desire, this insatiable itch, you've got to share it with someone. Notice who you select and why. Because most often, you're probably going to pick someone that supports the decision you already know inside you want to hear. I've never thought of it that way. But look back at any other decisions, any other patterns. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah, no. You just want to be confirmed with an external source to an internal knowing. Yes, I did. <laughs> 
And sometimes we want to torture ourselves. So we will go to like the worst possible person to discuss a subject. And you know, it's interesting. I'm here in Hawaii at this moment and the hurricane, which is or isn't going to hit Honolulu. I called my mom this morning when I was worried. And now that I'm not, because it's really cleared up a lot, I'm like, I wouldn't even think about calling my mom. But does my mom love the Weather Channel and like all things traffic and weather on the eights? Absolutely. Did she already message me yesterday and think that we're going to be out of power for two weeks based on the stories that she's following on the news? Yeah, so I called her when I was nervous and I was buying water and I was getting the bananas and all the things just in case something terrible happened. And now that it looks like it's going to totally be just like an interesting rainstorm to experience, I have no interest in talking to my mom because that was just the confirmation of the frequency I was in at the time. Nothing wrong with my mom. It's just I only want to talk to her about that subject. And when she had asked me the day before, I was like, no big deal. I've heard that, you know, the locals tend to find that it's pretty over-dramatized most of the time. But it was just my state and my reaction to the person was a reflection of where I was. So we think we're doing all these things externally for all these different reasons when really there's far more interesting internal connection than I think we realize. Yes. All right. How are you feeling? So now you, okay, idea comes, the mind shuts it down, idea comes again. Now I want to hear a new answer. Now I want to open the mind to a possibility that's different. So I'm going to call someone that'll be open to that possibly different outcome. Okay, keep going. So she just encouraged me to try to just and to not have like any expectations, though, either. And then, of course, she said that it took years for J.K. Rowling to write Harry Potter. (laughs) So I was like, okay, you know, I don't feel like I'm J.K. Rowling. But, you know, I understood what she was trying to say is just to at least open up and try. And though my daughter was older, she's just passed like a year in a couple of months at this point. And being a, a full time worker and mom, I would dry and straighten my hair at night so that I had more time in the morning. So she's like down and I, you know, I'm straightening my hair. And the idea I was like, what would it like, if I did write this novel, like, what would the names be of the people? And two of my favorite names, Miranda and Grayson just came to me like right away. I was like, Oh, that's interesting. I like wrote them down. And I sat down with a cup of tea. And I was watching a pilot episode of the Vampire Diaries. And I'm sitting there drinking my tea and midway through it pans in on the show to show the headstones of the main characters, dead parents. And the names were Miranda and Grayson, exactly the way that I had just written it down. So of course, I text the same sister and I told her I was like, look at this coincidence, you know, look at the two names that I pick that are showing up in this television show that it was the first time it ever aired. So it's not like I could have seen it before or, you know, or anything. And she's like, you need to write this story. Wait, wait, let's do one more thing here. Let's start one new thing, one new habit, at least in our call, maybe after it too, if it serves you. The mind. It's not yours. It's the mind. It's just got an interesting accent that sounds like you, but it's pretty similar to everybody else's. It's not that different. We all have a heart. Is it that different? I mean, sometimes there's differences in hearts, but they generally kind of beat. And they generally kind of circulate blood. Sometimes there's little variations and sizes and diseases and deformations. But otherwise, they kind of do a similar function, right? The mind is the same. So we can start looking at it far less personally than we currently realize. So the mind, what did the mind say to go back to it? It like it cracked open to where what then happened after that is I was aware of this difference of how things could be. And I knew that I wanted that, that I was connected with that. And 
I mean, I know this now looking back, you know, at the time I just was like, I have this, there's a story that I'm supposed to tell. So I went to the coffee shop with a clean notebook. It had never been used and I filled it. I just sat there with an ice soy latte and I filled the whole thing. The mind didn't censor. Yeah, it didn't come through the mind because the mind, when people say, oh, I have to sit down, butt in chair, I have to work for these hours. And then maybe once in a while, the, the genius will come visit me. That is an experience that people have. There's no questioning that that is an experience people have. But is that the only way to have that experience? What has your experience been if it's not been that with writing? Well, writing is one of my soul's expressions. So when I write, I become a clear channel for it. How do you do that? That's so different than how these people with button chair have to do a timer, have to do it at, I have to force myself to write. It feels different. Like, honestly, you just know. Yeah, it's a knowing. It's not a thought because as the mind is the one that thinks. The knowingness of your inner voice does not think. It just knows. Right. It circumvents all of it. Exactly. How did the mind in you, as you're channeling all of this through you, as it's coming through you, just receiving and allowing it to come through, you finished that whole notebook. Was there any dialogue in the mind? I don't remember. No. So it wasn't questioning it. It wasn't going, is it worthy or is it going to be successful? That's great. Really beautiful gift for you to just have that mind be quiet for a while so you can let it come through. Exactly. And then I sat back and was like, what is this? <laughs> so what did it say after that? What was it saying? You need to do research. No, ser like seriously. I, uh, one, I didn't know the name. Like I didn't have a title. So I literally called it Untitled. And then... I had filled this notebook with all these ideas. And then I was like, well, you don't really know anything about angels, the mind thing. You don't know anything about angels. You need to start researching. Like, what if what you're, you're writing is a fiction book? What if you don't follow other people's fiction rules about angels? <laughs> right. You need to, like, back this up somehow. You know, like, that's my analytical academia mind coming through. That's the mind in a pattern it was programmed into by other minds that came before you. That's all that is. That isn't you. You're not that. That's just a pattern that's really lodged in a mind that you're receiving thoughts from. Yes. How does that feel? That's not you at all. But then I did research. And then I was surprised because some of the ideas that I had put forth in my book correlated with a lot of different beliefs that include angels. And that's where I found a book called Earth Angels that talked about a particular type of angel called an incarnated angel. And that's what I was writing about. And I had thought that I had made up the idea. Like I had thought that this was something new, you know, like angels living on Earth. Like I was like, this is a fiction book and this is something completely new. And it really, again, it surprised me that this isn't something new. Like this is something that people have beliefs about. And then that took me down a path of really reading and bringing in experiences of other people who have been open to these types of beliefs where I used to just pass it off as like airy-fairy or not necessary, I think. How did the mind with this identity clash? Because you got a driver's license you that's analytical, it's academic, it's a pharmacist, blah, blah, blah. What's the right dosage for this person and this patient based on not my intuition, but what someone else has told me I should do. If you've been living your life that way, how was this experience for the mind? I thought I was going crazy. Of course you would. It is crazy compared to the mind, the way the mind does things. What it is, is breaking a pattern. That's all it is. But the mind 
is so habituated to pattern and recognition and identification because that's how it works. You're using another organ, essentially. Think of it that way, right? And it's like, well, the mind can only do these functions. Like asking the heart to, I don't know, produce bone marrow. Like that is just not the heart's function to produce bone marrow. It does things that help produce bone marrow, but it's not actually creating it. It's not gonna sync with it. If you ask me to channel about angels, it's not coming through me. I wouldn't know how to do that. That's not the thing that's coming through. So the mind is just completely unfamiliar with what's coming and of course would fear it as well because its job is to try to keep you safe. Yes. And here you are going crazy to it. I literally worked in a hospital that had like a voluntary psych area and like there were times that at first I was scared too. I didn't have anyone to share my experiences with or what was, you know, the things that were happening. And mind you, this was in 2010. So, you know, it's quite a while ago and how I think there's so much more available on the internet and connection and social media. So like we didn't really have like a lot of those things. And I certainly didn't have, at least to, to my knowledge, people in my life that I could really share to this level with. And I would have these like thoughts the mind at work where I'd be like, I just need to go walk down there and like, let them know what I'm, you know, what's coming to me. And, but, but something stopped me. What stopped you? I mean, what I call my soul, like my knowing stopped me. But what I did is I, I did go to the internet because I was again, researching angels and incarnated angels this time though, not so much just because of research for the story, but because I was curious. I was really curious like what was out there and what could I find that, you know, might help or help me kind of ground this a little bit. And I ended up finding a site that you could, it was called Experience Project, and you could create a profile and you could connect with people over various different experiences where you would write your story and you would share it with people. And you could do it as an anonymous profile because, again, I thought I was going crazy. So I didn't want people I knew in life to know that I was on there or be able to find me. Not that anyone would be there anyway, but just as a way to, like, allow myself a safe space. The mind wanted safety and it wanted certainty. Of course, it's very unlikely that it would have been found, but it wanted the certainty that it couldn't be found. Of course it would. That's its job. It's just doing what it does. But you are really starting to pivot a lot, I can tell, from the mind's perspective to this other, what you're calling soul perspective. I call it inner voice because we don't know what's on the other side, but has that other voice always served you well? When I listen, yes. Well, it's just so cool because as you're sharing it, I'm just showing you the patterns and where you broke them, the patterns and where you broke them, the patterns where you broke them. So you're already, because you've had this experience since 2010, you know, this is not your first rodeo. I'm just showing you the patterns. And when you get out of this call, you're going to be able to see the pattern as it shows up in 2018 and 19 and beyond. You go, oh yeah, that's just like this time. And you're gonna see with like a little bit of this stuff about, you know, that's the mind. The more we can disidentify from the mind or the ego, but I actually like calling it the mind because ego to me, when I read Eckhart Tolle the first time 10 years ago, I used to describe the ego on the show many times as like the voice that makes you feel proud or inferior or superior, all this stuff. But I didn't realize until I reread it recently and really had a level of consciousness that was further along where I was like, oh, he's not just talking about like 
the inferior superior. He's talking about the fact that I consider myself just lively and that I am this old and that this is like that I like mochas and that like the whole driver's license me. So that's kind of how I think about it now. It's not just the thoughts that serve or hurt me. It's the entire identity and the thoughts that go along with that identity. And then one day I had this thought of what if that voice you're hearing from, that knowingness, what if that is possibly, not that the mind isn't an aspect of you, like your heart's not you, but like, is the heart you? I mean, it is a part of you right now, but will that always be a part of you? Like it's far more amalgamous is the word that's coming to, it's like far more hazy. But the more that I was like, what if I'm really the one answering the questions rather than asking them? Oh, that was a beautiful few days. My mind just shut up and I breathed and I kissed everything. It was weird. But then I realized when you don't think your soul or your inner voice can appreciate things, but it doesn't need thought to do so. So it was this kissing spontaneously, all these weird objects. And I was like, what's going on? But that's because I didn't need as much thought as I previously realized. So let's go back to you. So you thought you were crazy. You found this internet. You did the online site. So are you getting confirmation from people that you're not crazy as you share this anonymously? I was really surprised at how many people out there had very similar questions or who were what I like to call like a spiritual awakening or you could or I think you use the word consciousness, a consciousness awakening. And and that helped because I didn't feel alone. And what was interesting is like that was the whole purpose of that site was through like our stories and what we're experiencing to not feel alone. But what also started to happen is that my truer, deeper self started to come out in that forum. And I was really surprised at seeing at like being a different person. Do you know why you could do that? Because your mind allowed it. You were anonymous. So you didn't have a driver's license you to uphold. Do you see that? You allowed yourself to have a different persona than the mind created in one area. This is the insanity of like how serious and how structured and rigid is that mind if we could create a whole new persona and live through that. That's the experience you're having in that. Was that a more authentic experience of you than the one that was living as Christy the pharmacist? Yeah, because that actually leads into what happened after this you know, I'm, I'm in this space. And I started to have experiences of not just knowing for myself, but for these people that I'm, you know, just chatting with. And it was amazing to me, how many of them placed a lot of belief and faith in like what I would say, you know, you have this too. We all have this connection, I guess is what you know, I was saying, but I started having other experiences that, like, I can feel people I could feel people through the internet, which sounds weird because you're not literally feeling people through the internet. You're feeling energy, which is not physical. Totally. It's just energy. But that was new to me. And, and you know, I met various people who were meant to come into my life on that site. I have and had a couple of mentors who, you know, brought certain things into my life. But what happened, though, is that now I had a clear divide between the mind and that persona. And then an unencumbered like expression of my true self. And then I was like, I can't like, it sent ripples into my life where I needed to start making changes. It sent ripples into the driver's license mind patterns, basically, right? It's just in this pattern and pattern and pattern and pattern and this other things emerging and growing and blossoming. And then it starts seeping in those ripples. Like I love that the ripple started filling in. Of course it would. It's natural. You're blooming. It's like the flowers, like the plants 
eventually bloom most of them i don't know actually if all of them do i don't know that much about plants but i remember eckhart making this analogy to enlightenment as like a, a flower blooming like for a long time plants didn't have flowers and then eventually 114 million years ago the first one did so this is just the radiance of this expression i love that way of saying it of yourself of course radiated into this other persona right next door but it probably terrified it a bit because that really held on most likely because that's what minds do to the pattern it's held before the past and the future it defines as true for you is what it clings to and you are changing that about what the future one at least is going to be next there was an interesting thing that happened i know you're very aware of like neuroscience and neuroplasticity and this and that and so there was a component in my life of having a very young daughter where i was very aware that because one of the aspects of my driver's license life that really changed is that I went through a divorce. And I became very, very aware that the relationship between her father and I, she will neurobiologically take that in as like the norm. Like this is, this is what it is. He's a great father. We just don't work together. And I became very, very aware of that. And I knew that I didn't want her to grow up in an environment where that's what she's taking in as like a two and a half year old. And, and so while there would have been the mind being, you know, more clingy for myself, when it came to my daughter, there was no question that even though it was a very difficult step, even though I had did not have support from family. And I didn't have a lot of friends out here, either, like where I was living either, it was really just, you know, myself. But because of my love for her and that, it was an easier, I won't say that it was easy, but it was an easier transition with that and changing my job. My job changed so that I could also move into this other phase of my life. That's beautiful. Okay, so what happens next and how can we help you today as well? So where we're at today, that novel that I started writing is called Glow. It started as like a single point of view and it has moved to a dual point of view. I flowed into entrepreneurial workshops and met people for branding and websites. I was in a mastermind where they asked for intuition coaching, which I didn't even realize that was a thing. <laughs> I was doing that in my mid-20s. That's so funny. I didn't brand myself as such, but good. I'm glad that exists now. <laughs> I think what I didn't realize, and it would be me forgetting of the me before, because of course I wasn't follow I didn't always follow my intuition before. But that had become this new path, like synchronicities and signs. And, you know, I very much because of, I think, how things opened up for me, I use those every day and don't even I don't think about like I don't think about it. It's just this is, you know, this is the way that I move through life now. And I was really taken back because in being asked to coach about intuition, because it was like, we all have it. It's there. And then I was like, OK, well you know, you're asking for this. So this is something, you know, I wanted to help. And I, you know, just would start talking and sharing. And then I was surprised at like what would come out because it had never really occurred to me to show up like in this way. Because before when I was helping people and experience the project, it wasn't just about like intuition. It was, it was more about like things that were happening in their life. Like I wasn't so focused on helping them develop their intuition as I was just showing up with them and we were like working through things. And it was still like both of ours working together. But 
I then had the idea to do like an email campaign. I'm not really sure what it's called, called 40 mornings based on a Rumi quote. And I had, you know, women sign up and I wrote for 40 days consecutively and sent it out. And that was just last summer. So we've fast forwarded quite a bit because a lot happened. Divorce, I had a young toddler, new job, writing a book, fell in love again. A lot of things like happened. And now I'm on the verge of emerging and showing up fully in my life as this expression of myself, you know, finishing up the novel that I'm writing because I had to rewrite half of it in a different perspective. 40 Warnings that started as an email campaign is a book that I was guided to self-publish. And last spring, the women that were in the 40 Mornings email, they wanted more information. And so Divine Fusion is like a web class that came to me. And it was the first time because, you know, I teach, you know, academically and I teach, you know, pharmacists coming out. It was the first time for me to really see how I didn't even have to prepare. I literally would... It, it has its own flow. It has its own rhythm. It has its own way of wanting to come out. And I didn't even realize it at the time. It's just I had recorded those sessions. And then when I would go back and look at it, because I would be like, what even happened? You know, because I kind of didn't really remember all of it either. No, the mind's not active in the same way it previously is. It's different. It's a totally different state of mind or experience. It seems like everything's good. Like, the, is there any resistance? What, what's Why would you sign up for the call? Okay. So here's an example. So there is resistance. So like for the month of August, it's come to me to buy a computer. (laughs) Okay. An iMac, like I have a laptop, but I like, I still questioned it. And, you know, I was, the mind was like, why do you need a computer? You have a laptop and you know this. And then finally, as I reconnected with my books, I realized the computer is going to help me with, you know, figuring it out. In a session though, I, I became aware of a subconscious belief that I have that has really been holding me back in moving forward because I keep getting to a point and then I don't go past it. And it has to do with a five-year-old me on a bike, taking my bike over a rock and having an accident and having a diaper put on my chin and feeling really ashamed of here. I was doing something that I loved, something that I enjoyed, something that like I wanted, you know, I was really wanting to do. And I not only fell, but now I have a diaper on my chin. Joy leads to shame. Yeah. And pain or hurt or, you know, and I was really surprised because, you know, like you work through so much and you're like, really? Like there's this five-year-old like thought or pattern in me that holds me back. And I think I'll be honest, why I signed up for this session is because my intuition nudged me. All right, here we go. All right, done. All right, now we're getting in. I don't have a reason and other than I know when to do something or, or be or show up. And I was actually part of your intuition intensive. That was another thing where I signed up and didn't have a reason. <laughs> I was like, I don't really know. Actually, I didn't know why I was at the intuition intensive. And I mean, I have ideas and I and beliefs about that now. But like back, I think that was January or something. I didn't know. And, so, and I'll be honest, like, you had a coaching session show up and it sold out really quick. And I just had that feeling. I was like, okay. And then it just happened to check Instagram and saw your story and there was one left. And so like, I just knew I was supposed to take it. And all this story to say, my intuition led me here. Okay, I love it. Well, let's co-create together into the unknown and have fun along the way. Because that's what this whole freaking life experience is actually all about. 
So let's have fun. All right, obviously you've got a super strong connection. So where are you, heart or gut person, or how do you hear your knowings? Heart. Okay, you're just gonna direct it down. So it doesn't really matter what level of down, how far down you're going, but you're gonna listen down there. So I wanna, and just tell me what you hear. You're gonna stay in listening mode. I'm gonna stay in the mind ego mode. So I'll be the ego mind for you. You just get to tell me what you hear, see, or experience, but no mind analyzing, please. So why did you tell me to come here to this session with Jess? To open further. How can I open further? Receive. Receive what? Guidance. What do I need guidance on? The next phase. What's the next phase for me? Being myself. So it's about deepening into myself even more? Yes. How can Jess help me with that? She sees. Sees what? How. How to what? How to deepen and show up. Deepen and show up. Where am I not showing up as deeply as I'd like to right now? My business. So you want Jess to help me with the business? Yes. Where should we begin? Mm, Hang on. My mind's trying to answer you. It's okay. I know. I'm sure it is because this is the thing that mind's trying to solve and predict and plan and remove all the magic out of (laughs) simultaneously. Deep breath. Jess is here to help me with the business right now? Yes. What should I ask her first? Why? Why what? Why a business? Why do I need a business? To pivot my life. No, listen. Why do I need a business? Just the words that you hear. Share is what comes. Share. Yeah. I was wondering if the other one was head. Okay. I can tell when we go up to beta and we're like, ah, (laughs) let me fill in the story to share. What do I need to share next? What should I share next? My story. The book? My life story. My life story. How should I share my life story? Writing. Should I write a book about my life story? (laughs) Yes. Did it laugh or are you laughing? I'm laughing because I hear it before I say it. So I'm responding. Yeah. So it said yes? Yes. Okay. So should Jess talk to me more about writing the story of my life or not? Yes. What else should she ask about? What holds you back? What is holding me back? Is it this rock story? No. (laughs) Why do I think it's the rock story? Because it makes sense. It makes sense. But is it true? Yes and no. Okay. Oh, beautiful. Thank you for being in the integrity of the words. This is why it's so essential. When you tell me that versus you overlaying, I'm just saying this for you and anyone listening. When you say the actual words, there's clarity. If you just said maybe or some, you like translated that not directly, I wouldn't know what to really do next. But because you said the words directly, I do know what to do next. So thank you for staying in integrity with that. What we're going to do now for anyone, I get this all the time, but this is the beautiful thing to do. How? Yes. Joy. Joy feels uncertain. Of course it does. That's the whole point of the soul is not to come in here and play the game knowing everything. But we'll get into that in a second. Why no? Why is the rock story not also true? The point of this whole block. You know to feel and follow joy. Yeah. Now I'm going to bring you back in. How are you feeling, Christy, as the mind? Driver's license you. How are you doing? (laughs) Driver's license me is like, what is going on? Really, after eight years, I mean, girl, you've been in this. I started writing to my inner voice around the same probably gear that you did. But like you got to angels much quicker than me. Let me just say that. So, yeah, 
I caught up quickly though. I'm a quick study, so <laughs> I'm there now, but okay. So what's going on? Let's, let's talk it out. For you, the mind as the driver's license, you that, you know. My mind likes to find the answer. Okay, now what I'm going to do, because you're really just the awareness of both of these voices. You're like, you can receive both of them, but like identifying overly to just one or the other is not a true expression of who you most deeply are. You're more the awareness of watching this all unfold as the dramatic play that's fun to be in because otherwise, what's the point of being everything if you don't get to have some fun every now and then, okay? So you're really just the pivoting neck that gets to pay attention to different things. So I'm gonna now do a little different thing. I'm gonna ask you to channel your mind, which is much easier, right? We, we are very much more familiar with this, but we're gonna now let the deeper part of you, let's call it that, we know it and we love it and we revere it and we're gonna come back to it. Because you're kind of now, your attention of who you are is kind of this amalgamation of the mind and the deeper part. So now you're kind of this blended mix. But we're going to go pure mind here for a second, okay? Okay. So why are you trying to remove all uncertainty in my life right now? Keep you safe. Yeah. Is being safe fun? For the mind, yes. Why is being safe fun for the mind? Because I know what to expect. Is knowing what to expect fun? Not fun, but content. Content. Is it really content now ask your inner voice we're pivoting down oh inner voice is not like no okay inner voice why is being content in the way the mind is thinking not actually joyful for the inner voice i'm not meant to remain like stagnant and in one place yeah i'm just going to tell a story right now this is the catch-22 of the mind it wants to keep you happy by keeping you safe but now i'm going to tell the mind a story okay virtual reality is getting more and more popular and I watched that movie with Spielberg did with Player One. And so when I watched it, I was kind of interested because it was kind of like a futuristic insight into maybe what a possible future is like. Well, then I thought as I watched it, and I was hardcore Abraham phase, season four show phase as I watched it. And I was like, well, if I played virtual reality the way these people are playing in the movie, I would play like your alignment life, right? Like Jess's alignment life. And then I was like, wait, I actually imagine putting on the glasses for as long as they were putting on the glasses. Or even if it's just maybe maybe 20 minutes a day would be fun. But if I was living in it and I knew I was creating the game and everything, if I wanted the mochas, I could have unlimited mochas. My teeth never got stained. I never got too caffeinated. I never got sick of the Four Sigmatic mochas. I never had any negative side effects from overdrinking caffeine. And I could eat every bar of chocolate I ever wanted, and I would never gain any weight, and I can have every single bar of chocolate all over the world that I love so much. So I can have Edinburgh, and I can have Cape Town, and I can have all my chocolates all in a row, which is very hard to do as I travel, but I could do this in my virtual reality. And I could have every book that I ever want to read, and I have my favorite cafes, and I can move between them every 20 minutes if I felt like it, because I can teleport in this virtual reality. So I can do every single thing if I want to go to the casino, I win every single game I play. If I walk onto the street, my ego gets every man to fall in love with me. Everyone, every single one wants to marry me. How long if we played that game, the virtual reality of your life, which is your business right now with the mind, for the mind, I want to know the mind's answer to this. How long would that be fun to play? How long would you be content in that life? What's the mind say? Not long. No. So it says it wants to keep you safe and you won't be happy or joyful, but you'll be content. But you actually, if you were given all those parameters and total control and total certainty, not long. 
This is the insanity of why living from the mind doesn't work because it doesn't actually bring you even what it wants. And this is the other amazing insight. The mind is here in some degree to help us solve problems and help us remember how to solve those problems again so we don't have to like reinvent the wheel. <laughs> we remember how to make a wheel, right? The inner voice might have a knowingness, but like the mind might know how to make a wheel because someone else made a wheel, showed us how to make the wheel. We don't have to, you know, know how to make fire. We didn't have to invent it or channel it into our existence. Someone else taught us and we remember it. We have that recall. And part of that is, I believe, done through the mind. So it's kind of here to help us in a way solve problems. But if we don't need it, to solve problems, what's its purpose? That's why it doesn't like this. If it had, I realized that very quickly as I watched the, the movie and I was like, well, I'd make it alignment time. And then I was like, wait, that would get boring real fast. And I was like, it's actually more fun to play the law of attraction, quote unquote, as we like to play it in season four speak, when there is a consequence that could actually be bad. Because the human mind also loves deserving and worthiness. So if there are actual consequences, if you could actually go over the ledge of the ski slope or you could stay on the ledge of the ski slope and there actually is a consequence to that, that makes the game more fun to play, the ski game of alignment, if you know you actually could fall off the cliff. If you know you couldn't, it's not a very fun game to play because there's no uncertainty which the mind uses to use itself. That's when it's actually useful. So we're so insane as a species, so run by the mind. And by insane, what I mean is we're so over-identified with the mind that we do crossword puzzles. Or I used to play solitaire for hour upon hour upon hour. Why did I do that? Because the mind wanted something to do and needed a problem to solve. Just like the heart wants to beat, the mind wants to solve a problem to keep you safe. To keep you happy is the perceived motivating factor, but when you really look at what it can do for you, it's here to solve problems, not necessarily make you happy. The idea is that if I solve this problem, I'll make you happy. If I solve this problem, I'll make you happy. If I solve this problem, I'll make you happy. I'm making you happy by solving problems. What do we need to make you happy? Problems. Yeah. To the mind. Right. This is not reality because like your inner voice is like, it's all fine. It's always fine. It's always fine. It's always fine. Let it be unfolding for you. Let it be fun. Let it be uncertain because here's the thing. Let's play another game and let's ask your inner voice this. So there's virtual reality where everything is always like you are, again, total God. You're totally what we consider God. You're totally the universe. You're totally the, the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. And you know that everyone's going to fall in love with you and every lotto ticket's going to be a winner and all that stuff. How fun would that be for that if you're from the point of view of like you know you're essentially the universe? How fun would that game be to play in this human body? Not very long. To me, the only way this is ever worth living through, if that's true, is to be surprised. You just gave me chills. Yeah, of course, because I just spoke to your soul and your soul is like, yes, yes, yes. How does your soul feel about, yeah, I want to be surprised because if I am in charge of this whole freaking game, being surprised makes it worth living. What the inner voice calls surprise and delight, the mind calls uncertainty and scary. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because they're doing two totally different functions. So the same experience is perceived two totally different ways. Surprise. And delight is uncertainty and fear. 
just different places, different pivoting. And now you have, you're the neck, you get to choose. Am I listening to the voice, the fire hydrant in the head that's going to perceive this experience as uncertain and fearful? Or am I going to pivot down and act on the surprise and delight? While the mind's still doing its job, just like the heart's still pumping blood, the mind's still going to have its fear. It's still going to try to protect you. It's just about not following it. Where in your life do you do that really well? Where do you kind of like to scare your ego right now? Where is it easy to do? Like you're going to follow it no matter what. I've been in the divorce. Ego was scared about that. But there was a part of you that was compelled beyond the fear and the story it made. Yeah. With your daughter? Is that where it's easy? Yeah. It's really easy. Yeah. I have goosebumps. I can tell. So where it's really easy for me is my career. Yeah. I get a little thrill out of freaking the ego out. I've done it so many times. It's so subdued as well because it knows I'm just going to, I'm just going to like tractor over that whatever resistance is coming up with. I have done it so long in so many ways. And I've seen the surprise and the delight that comes with it, that even itself, it's kind of like, well, the track, I, I can say if it has any fear, well, the track record's pretty damn good on the inner voice side, right? So even though it might fear like, oh, you can't stop the show. I say, watch me. Like I get excited to burn the barn just because I want to see what's going to happen. Like what amazing thing is going to be resurrected out of this barn burning? Where's the phoenix? I want to see it. It just keeps getting better and better and better and more and more fun and interesting. Do you see that with your daughter? Yes. Uh, Yeah. No, I, yeah. If it ever has a fear? Yeah. Okay. How would it feel to feel that way about your partner or your business or something else? Like weightless is the word that comes to me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Where's the weight coming from, inner voice? <laughs> Mind. Yeah. It's a very heavy object. What's interesting is that people, when they, and I did Life with Intention early on, and I started doing this inner voice work with people, and the, and the coaching clients, my, <laughs> maybe I was one of the early intuition coaches that would do these business coaching calls, and people wanted to spend an hour asking me what they should do. They wanted to pay me hundreds of dollars an hour to tell them which business plan to follow. And I was like, well, we could do that, and we can make a pro and con list a mile long. Your mind will feel so happy about this, and so off the hook with the responsibility of choosing because Jess Lively chose it for me. But it's like, or we can ask your inner voice for five minutes and then we can spend the other 55 minutes actually implementing the plan that your inner voice told you to follow. Your choice. But of course, they would rather me do it. Even if I would give them, I bet they would probably, some of them would kind of want to pick me, which is insane. But that's just the mind doing its thing. It's afraid of actually listening to something that's within itself that leads to uncertainty. If I say it, it feels certain because I've already achieved a level of something that the mind identifies with and that it wants for itself. So it feels less uncertain if I'm doing it. But that doesn't mean I know what the hell your inner voice is supposed to do. I don't know anything about incarnated angels or writing stories or any of that stuff. The mind would love me to choose. How are you feeling with all of this? It's a different way of looking at something that I haven't looked at it before as far as well, you understand the mind better than I do. So you've, you've provided like a viewpoint with it. I've had a lot of experience with ego. I mean, we all have a lot of experience with ego, but like just your understanding. And I totally understand where people just want you to tell them. Okay, inner voice. Why is that the case? Why does everyone want to learn from an expert they perceive as more knowledgeable than them? Well, they want certainty with the outcome as well. 
Yeah. And why is going to someone else feeling safer to the mind? Ask the inner voice. It's not on you. Yeah. Because then if I fail, there's no one else. Like, it's really, really insane. Like, this doesn't make it, when I say insane, it doesn't make any logical sense, right? So that's when you guys are like, what is she saying by insane? Like, I'm just saying it doesn't make any logical sense. Ironically, by the tool that wants to be, quote unquote, logical, it is not logical. Because what it does is like, if, let's just put this scenario to the mind, okay? So you were an old client of mine back when I was like 25 and I was doing this. Let's say I did the plural and calm list with you and you gave me all the list of ideas you had and I said, you should go do this next. And it didn't work out. Would you hold me personally responsible for the failure of that project? Not personally. Not personally, no. Would you really feel bad that you went to me and you spent all that money? No. Why? Ask the mind, why not? Why wouldn't you hold me accountable? You spent $300 to talk to me for an hour and I told you the wrong idea. It's not your fault. Yeah. You're not at fault. Yeah. But you are if it doesn't work out. Do you see that? It's a way for no one to feel ever at fault. Yeah. Because I'm not going to be at fault. You know I'm not in your head. I can't be your inner voice. But how many people go to like a psychic? Nothing against them, but I have done a phase of that where I got a few readings and I was living my life according to them. And I was afraid to date anyone that didn't match the description of the man that she said I was going to be with. And then I spent eight months in a situation that was not ideal. Right. Yeah. So meanwhile, my inner voice on like moment one said no. (laughs) But I analyzed the reading and was like, well, if I twist X, Y, and Z, actually it was two different people I, I tried to like, two completely different humans. I tried to adapt their traits. They are completely opposite people in like every way. But I tried to take both of these completely different types of people and make them the traits of the partner this psychic told me. Oh my goodness. It's funny how we do that though. Yeah. So it's not even just a business coach. It could be a psychic. Nothing wrong with those people and they can have incredibly insightful things to say. And many of the things she said did come true, but they were the ones most likely and most often that I didn't put any emphasis around those things. Around the career, she was like almost dead on, but I had no resistance and I had no focus and I had no emphasis on those subjects. They just unfolded in a very similar way to what she shared. But the part where my ego really wanted to control, it latched on to that outcome and that description and then warped humans that didn't actually feel like the description of what she said at all and tried to make them the description so that I could make my reality the way she said. That's when the mind gets in the way. So how are you feeling? We're about at the halfway mark. I think this has been really amazing. I feel like we first like talked about all the patterns that happen that are just playing over again and again. I choose to go to the people that reflect to me the point of view I want to have them share with me. Or if I want to suffer, I'll go to someone that's the opposite point of view and have that experience. I feel like I'm going crazy whenever I don't listen to the driver's license me. How do you feel at the halfway part? I'm feeling really good because I like I'm going to be honest, my mind has been working while I've I signed up for this, like signed up for this for like trying to figure it out because I didn't, I, I mean, I could put all the reasons in there, you know, but no, I'm feeling really good about this. Are you having fun? I am having fun. Is it joyfully unfolding in a way that's surprising? It is. Yes. Yeah. Is your soul happy about that? Is that what the soul came here to experience is just a fun surprise? Yes. What does it say? How's the soul? How are you doing soul? Inner voice? The soul is like just the word that it came as like a gift. A gift for who? 
It actually says both of us. Yeah, it is. It's a beautiful gift. I'm having fun. Yeah. You're having fun. I'm not thinking yeah. my mind. Okay, no, not mine. The mind in me is not thinking about the hurricane that might come or not. I haven't even thought about it once. I've just been present with you. And it may not even rain that hard. So like, really, it would be every thought on that subject while it's not raining is not useful. And think about how many people will have benefited massively by the gift that this is for both of us. It's the ripple. It's so true. It is the ripple. Aww. So let's go back to this little rock memory story we talked about where there's this subconscious block and you heard yes and no. And it said yes, that joy includes uncertainty, how no. Let's talk about what else can we do to unravel that story in Christy's mind? What do you hear? I didn't mind getting hurt. <laughs> <laughs> well, did the mind care that it got hurt? Listen, 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 because we're, we're also going to ask the inner voice about the mind because what it perceives, it's like on a mountaintop. It's in a very high vibration. So it's seeing things more clearly than the mind can even see itself. So let's go back to that little memory to the soul. So when I was five and I fell off the bike and I got the diaper on my chin and everything, how did you, as the inner voice, view that experience? I enjoyed riding my bike. What about the diaper part when it got on my chin and it was embarrassing? What did you think about that? Who cares? Why didn't you care? Don't you care about me at all? Look how embarrassing that was. Why didn't you care? I'll be okay. Was my mind okay? No. <laughs> why was the mind in me then not okay? I had a diaper on my face. But why was that not okay for it? Because you were okay, but why was it not okay for the mind? I worried what others would think. Why does the mind do that? Because it wants to stop it from happening again. Can it stop it from happening again? Listen, listen. Say, I, I see you pop out. Go back down. Stay in the mode. Just the mind? Well, I'm asking your inner voice about the mind. So in the inner voice, to the inner voice, can the mind stop embarrassing things from happening? No. Can the mind stop anyone from thinking that I look stupid right now? No. Does it need to? No. Why not? It doesn't matter. Why doesn't it matter if someone thinks of, about me looking stupid? That's their opinion. Okay. Billion dollar question. Why is their opinion not important? Because it's not mine. What? So only my opinion's important? For me, yes. But wait, doesn't that make me a bad human if I'm not worrying about all the opinions of others? No. Why not? Me being me. But don't I need to worry about other people? Like I'm on this planet. I'm sharing the planet with a bunch of other people that have a lot of opinions. Why is it not important to pay attention to their opinions? They're not living my life. They're not here to be me. Why does the mind in everyone tend to want to fit in to everyone else's experience and care about these opinions so much? To belong. That's what it really wants. Yes. What does it really want to, what does the full expression of myself truly want to belong to? Myself. Not the others? No. Why not? This is going against every human mind's point of view because this literally threatens the expression of life in humans in previous points in time. I actually heard this said, and it's so true, back in the day, like aboriginals and indigenous people could like, you know, shun someone and kick them out of their tribe and they get, they can't come back in the community and they can die. Now you can have Amazon Prime bring everything to your house. You don't even need to leave. 
you can literally very rather, I wouldn't say that you're emotionally going to be the thrilled, most thrilled person, but you could easily survive as a live being in your house, having things delivered to your door without leaving for a very long time, where that would not be possible in the past. And we have a mind then and we have a mind now that has not really changed that much. So it's still harboring this weight it's never had to really hold. Okay, let's go back in. This is beautiful. Do you like this? Like we're kind of like opening up now to even broader themes because this isn't personal to you. You, the five-year-old with the diaper on your head, you are not alone. Everybody has had an experience where they were the one with the diaper on their chin, right? Like this is so universal and it all has to do with belonging. Is our experience, inner voice, here to belong to ourselves or to belong to a community? Both. Which one should we belong to first? Ourself. Why ourselves first? Because in belonging to ourselves, we can authentically belong within a community. What if we haven't done that yet? What if we haven't belonged to ourselves first yet? We go into that community. We'll try to force fit. Force fit? I like that. Have I been trying to force fit in my life? Yes. How? Work. I've been trying to force fit work. Why? The work that I do. Why have I been trying to force that? Because it's easier for the mind to force it than to allow you to be who you are. Why does it care so much about work and not so much about the daughter or other aspects of my life? It's where your mind gets your worth. Is that true? That's where I really get my worth? No. Where does my worth come from? Being me. I don't need to do anything? I don't need to earn anything? No, being who I already am when I let myself be. Why is it so simple? The mind is trying to answer. That's why I'm paused. Yeah. Okay, mind, thank you for sharing. Mind, what's your answer? And then we'll get the other one. What's the mind's answer to that? Why is it so simple? Yeah, nothing can be that simple. Okay, now soul, inner voice. What does it say? Go. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) You mean it's not, I'm not here as this like slave human that needs to prove myself? Inner voice is correct. Yeah. Why have humans tortured themselves so much? They feel it's necessary. Why do they feel it's necessary? Because it's what they've read and seen from before. Yeah. Was it true before a long time ago, maybe? Maybe. Soul is actually saying that we don't really know what happened before because we only get remnants of it after. Yeah. But what do you know to be true? soul has it ever been true that humans need to be these little kind of like slave workers they're basically being slave workers to themselves their minds right now other people actually have much more um physically limited lives based on other people but where does the pressure of consciousness lie like is this more from ourselves or from others at this point ourselves How do we let that go? If it's not true, we don't need it. We're not even sure exactly where it came from. How can we let that go? Connect with the truth. How do we do that? Connect with our own inner voice. Like this right now? Uh Uh-huh. Can everybody do this? Yes. What if they don't know the difference between the, the mind and the inner voice? They'll learn. How will they learn? Because they already do. They already can distinguish between the two. What if they don't think so? I get that a lot. They're thinking. This exists outside of thought. 
Yes. Christy, by the way, I get that question all the time. Do you like how I don't have to be the one answering these? I don't have to be the person on the spot that people are coming to, that this inner voice is in everyone and that everyone has the same wisdom? Yes. How are you feeling? Well, that's how we're meant to live, you know, it's connected. That's what needs to inform like our actions and our decisions. And And what you mean is connected to ourselves. Yes. To this voice. Everyone's trying to connect to each other because they're all looking for that external validation, which we've already discussed because they want to go to Jess Lively or some other expert to pay to obfuscate the responsibility for their own lives. Inner voice, what's the purpose of life? To live. To live what? Can you say some more? Yeah, as an unencumbered expression of your soul. What does that look like for a human? Because that's pretty confusing new territory for us. It means to allow what comes to you to unfold in your life. Why do you use the word allowing so much in myself and other people as well? There's a difference in allowing versus control, like controlling. What's the difference between allowing and controlling? Allow means you're open. There's no resistance. Control means you're closed and wanting to affect how it comes. How can we be more open if this is really about being open? When the mind wants to close, because that's kind of the mind's thing, right? How do we stay open when the mind wants to close? Learn patterns. Connect with this side. Connect with this part. It just says, like, continue to connect. So it's really like, Christy, like you're the neck and you've got the fire hydrant inside of your right ear. Is that how you've experienced it, the ego mind? Where does it live for you? Left. Left brain, yeah. Yeah, you know what's really funny to me, actually, is when I do what you could call whatever, inner voice, I hear it in my right ear, and I also hear my ego in the right ear. Oh, I hear, yeah, I get the, like, the intuition, knowing, seeing in the right, yeah. In the right, okay, yeah, I do right, but I can also say... I think my ego comes the same direction. I can just tell the difference between the channels because the quality and the emotion behind them are completely different. Yes. Right? How are you feeling about the rock and the diaper thing, by the way? I feel like I'm like looking at it in a different way. Like we always look at like cause and effect and like it's weird to hear like you're okay. I mean, obviously I cut my chin. I actually had stitches and it, but like, but really ultimately in a grand scheme of things, it, it doesn't matter. Do I ever not exist? No. How is that possible? The human body dies. <laughs> My mind's coming in. But um, what does the mind say? Let's let it, let it say it's peace. The mind is like, of course, your body ceases to exist. And we've always been like we've always existed. Yeah. That's yeah. what you're hearing. That's what you're hearing. That's not you, Christy, the driver's license, you saying that. What did you, yeah, right? I just want to clarify for anyone listening. Tell me the words you received. We've always been. We've always been. What I hear a lot now is all has been well from the beginning of time. Mm. And if you think about this from a nonlinear perspective, that ultimately yeah. has to be true. Because right. there is only now. Right. In the ultimate truth, there's only the you only experience anything in the now. The mind is the thing that invents this past and future, and then holds on to it for dear life because it thinks it'll stay alive if it remembers what hurt it in the past, so it avoids it in the future. That is useful when you're trying to remember not to eat poison sumac. Like 
it can be useful in the woods. Like as a soul, that might not be. There could be a knowing that directs you away from it. You don't even need to know all the many ways and symptoms and signs and things of the wood. You just pick a different berry. Like you could do like this without this, but it may have been a useful tool. It's just been running our lives because we're just in a adolescent stage of puberty as a species. Yeah. Yes. Does this make sense? We're very hormonal. We're like little rambunctious, rebellious teenagers. Watch me. You think this is what I should do? I'm going to go this way. You think that's what you're telling me to do? I don't want to follow. I want to control my life. I want to be in charge. But does it have ultimate control? No. It still gets its car keys taken away. It still gets grounded. It's still in high school. We're graduating when we open up to the connection of wisdom in the uncertainty that this part of us has within us. Instead of saying, no, 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 I know better. I want to control this reality. That's the ego adolescent self. It's nothing wrong. And there are 100-year-olds that are doing that. And there are five-year-olds that are already channeling their inner voice. It's not about age in terms of years around the circumference of the planet or the sun. Like that's not where the wisdom lies. There are people that have been patterns for 100 years, and there are people that live with that connection, and they die when they're four from cancer. Like, there's all expressions. The wisdom has nothing to do with age. It tends to maybe be perceived as such because maybe those people have gotten worn out by the end of their lives, and they're like, okay, I'm going to stop trying so hard, and they relax a bit. Maybe they're just becoming more relaxed with this mind. And other times it's not the case. I have a friend who works in an elderly home and he's got clients that are really nice and wonderful and really open and other ones that are really crotchety and really closed off. We get the choice in this lifetime or the next or many others. But let's go back down. So inner voice, this is going to be kind of trippy for you. Inner voice, how is my mind now perceiving the law of cause and effect around this rock situation? Blown is like what, like when you say like your mind is blown, like it doesn't know how to, it doesn't know how to categorize it, how, like what to do yeah. with that. How would you categorize it, inner voice? I wouldn't categorize it. <laughs> Was it just an experience? Yes. Am I just here to have experiences? Yes. Even the bad ones, like a diaper on my chin? Yeah. Why is that an experience you chose to have, inner voice? That was really embarrassing for the five-year-old. Stay in it, Chrissy. I know you're popping out. We'll get you out in a second, but I want to hear this. Why not? <laughs> no, that really is like just That's what you're hearing. Yeah. Even embarrassment. You want to have the experience of embarrassment, inner voice? It's not about the embarrassment. What is it about? It's about allowing what I want, like that flow to come through. But what does that have to do with the diaper and the embarrassment that came through? There just happened to be a rock there. So it wasn't my fault? No. I didn't do anything wrong? Mm -mm. Did the person that put the diaper on my chin do anything wrong? <laughs> no. Did anybody that watched me actually make fun of me? No. When they looked at me, what did they think? Are you okay? So they didn't care that I had a diaper on my chin? No. What do you want to tell the little five-year-old Christy that had that experience it's not your fault and you didn't do anything wrong is there anything to ever feel guilty or shameful for no what about when someone actually actively does something wrong they know it's wrong and they do it anyways what if they go against your inner voice 
they still shouldn't feel guilty or shameful? We can make mistakes. Why is that okay? Because we're human too. Is it okay to be human? Yes. But do we have to try that hard? No. Can we make mistakes and not try so hard? Yes. Is that allowed? Yes. How would our life be if we did more of that instead? Less stressful. Does the mind like stress? Yes. Why? Because that's when we start to disconnect. From what? The connection to our inner voice. Why does the mind want to disconnect from the inner voice? So that it can control. Control what? Decisions, outcomes. What is the real purpose, the ultimate and best purpose for the mind? Just just tell me what you hear. You could hear nothing or just one word. What does it say? To channel the knowing. That's what's coming. What does that mean, inner voice? It means you allow the guidance. No, no, I want to just tell me the words word for word that you hear. Guidance, then action. Gui- there you go. Fun. See, see, you started to say it from Christy voice. Mm. And I was like, oh, no, mm-hmm. no, that's driver's license. Because it's very simple. It's very pure. It's very direct most of the time. Not always, but mostly. Okay, so what did it say? The two words were? Guidance, then action. So the mind is here to receive the guidance from you and then take action. Yes. Is that it? Yeah. It's not useful for anything else? No. How do we let go of all the other millions of uses it's invented itself for? We don't have to do anything. Why do we sometimes feel like we have to do what the mind says to do? Because the mind tells us that. Is it true? No. Why does it feel like we sometimes don't feel like we have a choice, but we always do? Because we forget. Why do we forget? Growing up is what comes to me. We forget as we grow up. Mm -hmm. Do we know this when we were young? Yes. So we just got it trained out of us? Yes. Is that okay? No. Why not? Just listen. Say it. I know, Christy. Just listen. Connection is why we're here. I want to go back to that other question. Just listen again. You can tell me the same answer. I just want to hear it again. Is it okay that the mind as we grew up kind of got taken over as, is that okay? Yes. That's what I thought. Why is that okay? Because we're always connected. Yeah. And we can't get this wrong. Do we ever get it done? Yes. It is? In this lifetime. No, I'm not asking Christy. I'm asking oh. your inner voice. See, until you popped up. Do we ever get it done? No. Yeah, that's what I thought. Why not? Endless. Yeah. The word. Yep. Do I ever not exist? I already said this earlier, but we'll go into it again. No. Well, what about the whole like the whole body thing dying? Just a vessel. Yeah. For what? What is it a vessel for? Experience. Yeah. Am I just having experiences? Yes. Can they be fun? Definitely. Can bad things still happen to me? Yes. What happens then? How could that be possible? How could you let bad things happen to me? If I follow you blindly and I stop using my mind and bad things happen, how is that a good thing? You're okay. Even if bad things happen? Yes. Why is that true? Listen, stay in it. I know you're doing so good, Christy. Because you aren't affected by what happens. The real you is not affected. Is the real me ever affected? What is the real me here to do? Express. Yeah. 
What does the real me want to express right now? My joy. Is everything going well for me? Yes. Has everything always been going well for me? Yes. What about my daughter? Blessing. What about my ex-partner? Was that even going well? All of that? Was that all well? Yes. What about this whole like kind of forcing thing my mind's doing with the business? Is that okay? Is that all well? Yes. Is it always going well for me even if bad things happen? Yes. Do you love me? Totally. Is there anything you want other people to know too? Listen to the voice and let just share whatever it says. Love yourself. How do we do that when the mind tries to get in the way and put worthiness before that feeling? Connect. Connect back to this voice and feel. What about when it feels blocked? Not real. Yeah. Why does it feel real sometimes for people though? Listen. That's what they know most. Yeah. But it's not true. They're not really blocked. No. <laughs> There's just the perception that they are. Yes. What can they do in those times and experiences? Or myself as well. Breathe. Breathe. Why is breathing so important? It's the number one thing that I hear from most voices when I ask them this question. Reset. Reset. To me, Christy, I look at the breathing. Because like I said that one day when I was like, what if the voice is really me and the, <laughs> the questioner is not? And I started kissing everything. And I was like just breathing out all the time. I was basically almost whistling. It was this really unique thing. I've No yoga teachers ever taught me or anything. It just was happening. But I look at it as kind of thinking about the mind as like a bit of like a swarm of little gnats all around my head. Uh-huh. And so all these thoughts are swirling, if you will. And they're all kind of bugs around my head and I'm just like swatting them away. But breathing out is like blowing the air and getting those bugs out of my face. Yeah. That's a good example. Yeah. yeah. That's how it feels. How are you feeling with this much time out of your mind? Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I think earlier it said something about how it wanted you to help me to help you connect more or deeper or something along those lines. This is the feeling you can have and it can build from here, right? You've just had a really sustained feeling. Now, how does this vary or differ from once you've done a, a session of writing in a similar way? Like not like your own inner voice writing, but like your channel, you're like writing your novel. Is there any difference or is it similar to that feeling afterwards? It's similar, but like I remember what you and I just like did. I don't, I, I have things that I've written where I don't have any memory of, yes. of writing it. And I even have times where like I transcribe from a notebook to the computer and I'll get like ahead of where I am and I'll just start typing. And then I realize I'm ahead of what I had written. And then I look down and I have like literally written it like almost verbatim. Oh my gosh. All right, let's ask. Inner voice. Why is that possible? That sounds insane to the mind. Why is that possible for me to remember ahead of time? It's always here. Am I hearing from the same voice when I'm writing as I am right now? Yes and no. How yes? Yes, it's me. How no? And they're helping me write this as well? Yes. Do they like doing it with me? Yep. Why? I know, Christy. I think you want to know the answer to this, though, right? Why do they like doing it with me? They like to help. Yeah. Can I use them in my life even more? I do. Can I improve that or extend that? Listen, you could say no. I don't, I'm not, I don't know the answer yes. to this. Yeah. 
No, how, I hear yes. How can I extend it even further in my life? Open. How? Not just with writing. Yeah. What other aspects right now would be most beneficial to stay open in? Business and work. Yeah. Okay. How can I open a bit more there too? To allow. Yeah. What can I let go of in the business stuff that my mind's holding on to something I can let go of? What is it? Worry of failure. Yeah. What is failure to you? Inner voice. I don't know failure. Why not? It's impossible. Why is it impossible to fail to you? Why is, why is it impossible to the inner voice to fail? Because it's not a failure. <laughs> Even if the mind thinks it is? Correct. What if I create a course or an offering and no one buys it? That's a big failure. If I spend all this time and nothing happens. You created a course. Why did I really need to create it if no one buys it? For you. I thought this is about helping other people and being a good human. You help other people by being you. Not by making a course? That can be an expression, but it's always with you. And I can just do things for myself too? Yes. I can have community with me first? Yes. How are you feeling? Good. How do you feel about your business right now? A lot better. I, my, I mean, I know that my mind puts so many restrictions and conditions and just everything, you know. Just like the bike. It. Just like the bike. Just like the bike. Yeah, exactly. And then it's interesting because even though like I know and the mind knows too, like it's still, it's just gets in the way. A felt experience of this knowing is more powerful than an objective, you know, perception that's like, you know, I know there's, you know what I mean? It's different when you feel it. How did it feel when it said, I love you? Oh, I actually started to tear up. <laughs> Yeah. And how did you feel when you heard it's always going well? I I felt like I actually fulfilled chills, you know, like, like energy had taught my skin. So yeah, I felt that which resonance. So I love asking that question in sessions, because it's always that <laughs> those are always the answers. It's just mine always says absolutely always and yes, that's it's free. It's catchphrase. But it's one thing to hear someone else say it. It's different to feel it and experience it in yourself because the whole point of this reality right now, first, we're getting it all backwards. We think that if we go out there and connect with everybody else and we're famous in your business and you're writing and everybody loves you, that you're going to then connect to yourself. It's the opposite. Right. People connect to me because I connect to myself first. Yes. I'm not trying to connect to other people. I just show up and say, if your inner being wants to be here and have fun, let's do it. I don't say you need to be here. There's no need. But are you having fun? I'm, yes, completely. Because I'm, I'm having no expectation of you. Do you feel that? Yeah. I have no expectation for anyone to listen to the show or to, if your inner voice tells you to be here, I trust there is a reason for you to be there. I don't need to have the, the knowing of what that reason is. It's not my job to. That's awesome though. Yeah, it's true for you and every other person listening to this show. How liberating. All we want is freedom and love, like core values, core desires. That's not all we want. I mean, you go into a million things, but like a lot of core things, a lot of core things boil down to freedom and love. I give everyone complete freedom. 
to join or not join, listen, not listen. It doesn't, it doesn't affect my alignment with myself. Right. So everybody feels that. And in a relationship, people want that freedom. They don't want to be told what to do by their parents or their partners or spouses. They want that freedom to grow and express as is right for them. I give people that here in the work that I do. You do. Yeah. And if you're drawn to working with me, odds are there's an aspect of that if your mind has more perimeters. Now, let's see if you can be, let's do the mind. And this is not you, Christy. We've just talked to the a really deep facet of you. But the ego mind that has a facet, how has it been doing something different when it comes to wanting to help people? Has it been doing anything differently than what I just described how I'm approaching it? I'm not saying I'm so great, guys. This is literally not the point. I just want to help people tap into this energy in their own careers. The point is for me not to, like, this is not my ego saying, like, look how great this is. It is to say, look how clear I am. Open channel. Like, I don't try to get the ego in the way. It pretty much lays down in this so that it's just the right for the right people. Now, how is your mind gunking up the channel for you a bit comparatively, if at all? My mind, well, thinks that it knows what other people want. And two, changes what does come through. So it's more like palatable. Okay, let's do that. All right, go back down. So do I need to change the message so it's more palatable? No. Why not? Because it's what it is for who needs it. Yeah. Do you mean I don't have to reach the widest possible audience that doesn't believe in angels or whatever else I want to actually talk about? No. Can I just talk to the people that like angels? Yes. Is that okay? Yes. Can I have a great life? Yes. Will I even amplify it even further by really letting my freak flag fly? (laughs) Really being the full expression of whatever it is I really want to go into? Yes. What if people don't resonate with that and it's not as palatable if I really do it? Okay. Why? Not meant for them. Is it okay that I'm not meant for everyone? Yes. Can I ever not belong to everything that is? No. Yeah. So you don't have to, Christy, be the right message and vehicle for everyone. But that never changes the indestructible fact that you're connected to everything and all that is. So you already are connected to the larger community. There's no way to not be in it. It's like saying you're like a pixel in the TV screen. You're like somehow you're not a part of the TV screen. You are. You are literally a droplet of the ocean. Whatever analogy you want to choose, your energy is the same as all the others. It literally are part of the quantum field. Give the name you like. I don't care. You're already a part of it. But that doesn't mean there's not just fun expressions of that, I'll call it consciousness. That doesn't mean that you're not an interesting, unique expression of that consciousness. Like even on the TV screen, if there's a big picture of whatever is on the screen, not every pixel is the same color in a a random snapshot. There's different colors. There's different expressions. And overall, it creates a really big picture. It's prettier than just one blank screen of all red or all blue. Yeah. So you don't have to be like a pixel that's not in the part of the consciousness see where you are. That's crazy. That's my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, no. How do you feel about just like, is there anything you've been holding back on in terms of your offerings that like this gives you maybe some excitement about? Well, yeah. I mean, this isn't the inner voice. This is just whatever. Yeah. I mean, 
everything started with angels and I always would find myself like then start to explain away angel or like it's the energy behind it or, you know, like just rather than just, I mean, I'm writing an angel novel and yeah, I would try to make it less angely. Okay, let's go down. How can I clear up the crap around angels from my mind? Let it go is what. Why does it hold on so tightly to thinking that's weird? It doesn't understand. Why can't the mind understand angels? The mind is not the same. As what? An angel. So it can't know what it isn't. Correct. But they're real in my life for me. Yes. And they're beyond the mind's experience. Yes. How can I help my mind be more at peace about this reality? Because it's not going away. The more I allow, the more I know, and it's okay. Yeah. The more I allow my career, it's easier to trample over the ego resistance when it comes up. To the point now where I'm like, you think you can't stop the show? Watch me. You know what's interesting? It told this story of like, for like a hot second. I mean, these are like very little easy things to like act over. Like I don't let them stop me by any means. But it was like, well, and I actually kind of made peace about this. It was like, well, when I take this hiatus for whatever or permanently, whatever it becomes, I may lose money because I'm not going to, I turned away all the sponsors and like, they're all like, wait, when are you coming back? And I was like, the whole point is I don't know if I ever will. And they're like, wait, well, when you come back, <laughs> let us know. But anyways, I assumed that I would, the mind and me assumed that I would lose money as I went through the months without it. I could tell you, and I was like, okay, if that happens, I'm fine. Like I've, I'm cared for it's fine even if that did happen it didn't money flowed in and money flowed out and money stayed exactly at the same watermark or even higher at this point and the show's back it's because you're following that flow you know yes yes but i'm just saying like that's an ego resistance that your mind could say if i you know turned away this then this will happen i said watch me i'm gonna do it anyways and then i was like even if that did happen i'd be fine and it didn't even happen but if it did i would have been fine right Regardless of what happened, yeah. Actually, now that I think about it, I actually think because we have uh, – my bookkeeper has been sick. She has a serious illness. So she's been kind of behind on the books for – and I always do the donations to Pencils of Promise. So actually, as I say that we're above, really, when I think about it, I think we're going to be almost exactly the same because that donation will be a pretty big chunk. So like, yeah, it's we're totally cool. It's even taking care of that. Like, it's still the same. I'm left in exactly the same, if not better place than before. The business doubles every year, roughly. It's not like a perfect 100%, but it's roughly, give or take 10, 15% every year. And it's what every year that I focus on alignment over the goals. I used to have the hustle mentality. I used to have the identity stuff around this. This isn't like, oh, I've never struggled in this area. I definitely did. I taught a class a few years ago that I'd totally forgotten about because it's so not in my mind anymore to think that I ever had a problem. I forgot that I did. You know, it's like that story from your five-year-old self. Like I forgot that story even existed. Like I did have that and I had it massively, but then I let go of that story so much. I forgot it was a part of, like the driver's license me didn't hold on to it. So it didn't exist until recently someone and said, oh, what about that class you did? I was like, oh, yeah, people would love that. Oh, yeah, I actually had that problem. I've been telling the story where I haven't because <laughs> years ago I did, and then I got rid of it so all pervasively it slipped through the mind. The mind let it go. The identity attachment to it was so gone it forgot about it. Which is why you have your growth 
Yeah, it's where I'm like, oh my gosh, well, ever since I got into alignment about it, it was doubles and doubles. And I just, now that's the identity that I live in. That's the reality I live in. That's the story I tell as the history of my whole thing. And it's like, well, actually, there's like five years in there where you were really attached to your career more than you have remembered in three or four years. That's the amazing thing. Like you can let go of that story about that bicycle. It can just wither and die. That neural pathway can just go away. And maybe it won't, even if it does, it can at least be neutralized and at least be stagnant in a, that happened and it's a neutral experience. Well, because it feels like in hearing from like my inner voice about it, where before I was only hearing the mind about it, that now that there's like something to like, not oppose, but balance it, like it feels different. How are you feeling? Really good. That's great. Yeah, you were alert, your awareness, like you said. Sometimes people have that feeling, and you had it, you said, or there's, I'm writing and I don't even know what I wrote. Some people have that experience while they're doing this. So there's no right or wrong for everyone, but you got to have the gift of remembering and being there for it and remembering it now. Yeah. Imagine now, this is what I want to share with you. When I did C-School and I got out of my head massively, and it was amazing, and everyone's like, I was just like, you know, I just was so lit up about it. And they're like, so you want to get beyond the mind. Why don't you do that in other parts of your life too. And I was like, well, you're right. Like, why am I only saying I could do this so well here? Mm -hmm. Do you have any like little routine or ritual that you do before writing to get you in that space? No. Okay. Totally fine. Do you take a breath or do you just change the way you think? The change the way you listen? I think how to describe it is that I start writing the mind controlling, but then as I keep writing, it shifts. How do you know when it shifted? Because what's being written, like not to overuse the word, but it, it feels different. It, it's a different flow of the words. It's, it's less like clunky is the word that's coming to me. It, because it, you know, in my belief, it's already existing and I'm just bringing it here. Where when the mind is like writing, it's, it's trying to like force, like to force it. And you can feel that, you know, like you can feel that with the writing, just like you could feel that with a person who's not like maybe aligned first but trying to force it, like you can feel that. I have a piece of writing that I did when I was 19 that I found eight years ago when a lot of this started happening, where it just started off me complaining about English and the parties in college. And then there was a shift in the writing. And I was actually writing about, I was writing to myself about this period of life that I'm living into right now. And again, like completely forgot that, found it, you know, years later. And I read it and like, you can just tell like there's a shift in consciousness in the writing and like what's being written. Here's a question. Let's go down. Did you want me to find that piece of writing that I wrote when I did? Why did you want me to find it then? So that I knew I know. Was it important for me to forget that I had written it in the meantime before I yes. already saw it? Why was it important to forget it? So that I could live my life. Yeah. Instead of waiting for it to happen. Would I have lived my life as fully if I had remembered and known that was coming next? No. Was it important that, that I had the phase where I forgot about it? Yes. Why was that phase important even though it wasn't the ultimate unfolding that's happening now? It wouldn't be what it is now if it wasn't what it was then. What's the gift that came from that phase before this? Sweet is like yeah. the sweetness of this now. Was the contrast of what was before? Yes. Would I have appreciated it as much if I had not had that other? No. How do you feel now? 
I'm actually a little emotionally moved <laughs> like by that just because I think that, I mean, I know that my mind has always been like, why didn't you know? Or like it uses this now shift in my life. Like, well, why didn't you do that sooner? Why didn't we do that? You know, like. Well, now how do you feel? You just busted through that. There's nothing that there's nothing that needed to be changed. It, you know, it was exactly as it was, you know, meant to be. And that it feels good to feel, you know, to feel that. It already said that all has been well, but now your mind still had held out on this one little albatross. It's like, but this thing, <laughs> I could have been doing this for 10 more years. Now, how do you feel about it? I'm like resonant with it is the word. Like it, it feels as it, you know, as it meant to be. I wouldn't have appreciated it in the same way, you know? You would have been the weird girl that always liked angels. And then and then less people could have appreciated the fact that this was such a breach and a leap for you. Right. Like, you know those people that have always believed in angels? There's nothing. That's a beautiful thing. And by God, how much did you love that there were people that always believed in angels when you were going, oh, crap, this is coming up for me? Those people probably gave you a lot of comfort and solace. But how many people that are just getting into angels that are like, oh, crap, I think I'm going crazy and I'm giving out chemo meds at a hospital right now, like you were, would also resonate knowing not everyone comes in with that. It's not something that everyone always has from the beginning, but it's okay for me to have it now too. Yeah. A lot of people do connect with that if I share it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you're a unique pixel on the screen. Mm-hmm. You already, there's other expressions of consciousness that are already happening. You don't need to be them. You don't need to be one of the repeats of a, a clone of someone else is never what your inner voice. Why would, it's insane. Why would the universe choose to experience itself twice through the same exact experience? Like that doesn't even make any sense. It only feels safe and comforting to a mind to try to replicate what someone else did, what their inner being called them to. Ergo, why we said about this external permission here, I want to do this. I don't know why, but I know this is, even if it's not just for you, it's for a lot of other people listening. One of the things I hear a lot of people ask about in career is uh, permission. So inner voice, do I need permission to do what I'm doing? No. Do I need permission to write about angels if I haven't studied them? No. Do I need permission from anyone to do anything in my life? No. What if it makes them upset? Then they're upset. What if it means they don't resonate with me. Then they don't resonate with you. Is that okay? Yes. Will I survive? Yes. Will I be loved? Yes. What if I'm not loved by them? Love is always there. Like, yeah, love is always there. So I don't need anyone else to tell me what to do. Nope. Or tell me that I'm okay. Nope. Or tell me it's okay to start a business now. Or it's okay to start coaching. Nope. Or tell me that it's okay to change the course in my career. Nope. I never need someone to tell me it's okay to write a book. Nope. I never need someone to tell me it's okay to make money. Nope. I never need someone to tell me it's okay to make a lot of money. Nope. Do I need to worry about money? Nope. Why not? It's always like enough. Yeah. How do you feel? Good. Like you said, the feeling of wow, connecting to that. Yeah. That's what's more powerful than knowing it conceptually. 
the physical feeling of it is realizing it. They always say the word realizing or revealed. And it's like, well, you have a cellular experience of that feeling versus the concept in your mind you heard someone else say. It's that externalization of wisdom to someone else. They know better than I do. Totally not true, but also doesn't help you have that knowingness in yourself. Right. This has been fun. It has been fun. What stuck out the most for you? You know, what stuck out the most is the different view of the rock in the bike. Really, because it's applicable to so many things of how you look at it from like this one view. And like, that's what you hold on to versus like the whole of it, just like the whole of like who we are. Your inner being had a physical experience of the five senses. It was feeling the rush of the wind. It was pedaling the bike. It was feeling the blood pumping through the veins. It was feeling the thrill of the, the you know, the movement through the space it was in, etc. It felt the pain, which was sensation. It can't do that in the non-physical. It can only remember that it did it in the physical. It doesn't have that ability to focus to that specific level. It's most clearly experienced here. But the story... And the emotion around the story the mind told is what hurt. Yes. That's an important distinction too. what you just said. Because it's something that like one of my mentors shared with me is like emotion versus feeling. And like people get them confused because emotion is what you feel about what you think. But feeling is, is like how you're always feeling, like your inner being, like always feeling that way. But I never thought of it in that, like in an actual example. And when you are feeling the emotion, so the story gets started in the mind and then it gets flooded into the body, feeling that emotion in the physical body, once it's locked into the cell receptor sites of your cells and it's actually there, like the cortisols in the, you know, whatever, the adrenal glands or wherever it is, like you got to feel that feeling to release it. Otherwise, it's trapping and, and, and decaying within those organs and chronically doing that leads to chronic dis-ease, discomfort. So feeling, there's nothing wrong with that. It's like there's nothing wrong with the hurricane coming through. But if we bottled up this hurricane and we put a wall in the world, in the ocean, so that the hurricane can't come and we trapped it in some like little pen, if we could possibly even do that, like, and we just let that stew and stew and stew, what damage is that going to do to the bottom of the ocean in that area, to the air in that area, what, to the life, the animals that are like the sea life that's in that perimeter of that playpen we essentially like barricaded into, Mm -hmm. it can't dissipate if it's not released. It just decays everything in it. It's actually through letting it wash through that it goes by instead of staying stuck. So yeah, so you're totally right. But I would also say like, yeah. And the other thing is once we get better at, basically we're kind of conditioned from when we were really little that like parents got afraid, I think too, when we started freaking out and having strong emotions. So they tried to like not look like a bad parent. And like when I even was today writing emails at the, restaurant and there's two little kids and they're kind of you know freaking out and the parents are like oh my gosh like the restaurant that would not be ideal for anyone <laughs> honestly including myself as I was writing emails it's like where are my headphones <laughs> like that the little kids kind of get feel that feeling of like oh we got to shush them up and so we get told or those feelings when you were five that felt so horrible to feel that feeling but what's even worse is to replay that feeling how many times in the rest of your life as the five-year-old that's still holding on to it the transmuting of it is just like when you can connect to that voice in you that you just did and you can see it and you can feel it, you can let it go. Now it doesn't feel the same to you, right? 
It doesn't, no. No. And you didn't have to do a theta healing session. You didn't have to do an RTT. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with those things. We can absolutely use them all as well. Like, it doesn't matter. But even just allowing by opening up to the connection in you dissipated that storm. Yes. And you can do that anytime you want. How can I see this differently is a question you can ask. So if another memory comes up, you're seven and you're in school and the teacher makes fun of you in front of the class. How can I see this differently? How can I see peace instead of this, you know, or why am I upset about it? That's like my number one question I always start with. And then I hear because you're scared or you're worried or whatever. And now I start to guess oh, it's because I'm scared. And it says, no, it's because you're worried. Now, I don't know exactly the definitions. And sometimes you know, it's like corrects me about the emotion. But sometimes it'll say, no, that's not the fear. Or, that's not the emotion. And I'll say, well, and then the invitation for you, Christy, is to ask why am I scared? Not to just say, well, yeah, no poop, Sherlock. Of course, like I'm upset, right? But then you ask why and you're asking the wiser part of you, not the mind. The mind knows it's upset. That's why it's asking. You ask why to the inner being and it will tell you an answer that's probably wiser than your mind's willing to accept in that moment. Otherwise, it would have let the storm go through. So it's caught for a reason because it can't see its way out of it yet. But your inner voice does see does allow and lets it go by. You just need to have that perspective. So the awareness, the neck that you are can choose that perspective versus the mind storm. It's funny that you, I mean, I know the hurricane provided that example, but like, like storm, like that's something that's been pretty like important in language, like that I've used before about just trusting storms, not rainbows is like literally. And then, and in that consciousness that I wrote when I was 19, it talks about a time when I would shift back to realizing that, you know, the storms are there, but that's also, we get rainbows after storms. And it ended with a rainbow coming forth from my mouth. So it was just interesting that you use storm. And yesterday, before the storm even got in my mind, I saw a rainbow. So it's an unending cycle. So I saw the rainbow and then I'll have a storm and then there'll probably be a rainbow. It's just an unending cycle, period. Right. It is, yeah. So it's not like one comes before other. Like that's just an example. So like you could even open that up and go, we didn't start the fire of Billy Joel for a really long time. Like there was some storm that created the rainbow that I saw. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it doesn't even matter which comes first because it's never done and it's never ending. It's just is cycling because that's what consciousness is doing in this physical reality. Cycling for experience. Yes. And all is well the whole time. That's what we've learned from your voice today. So thank you for sharing. This has been really beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I didn't know where it was going to go. I didn't know, but it's amazing where we landed. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And Christy, thank you for coming on the show. If you'd like to send Christy a message, you can do so over on Instagram at Christy underscore Moffitt. And if you want to find me over on Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter, you can find me at Jess C as in Carmel Apple Lively. And for show notes for this episode, head over to JessLively.com slash Christy Moffitt. Now for where I'm headed to next, I'm going to be back and forth between Ann Arbor and Detroit for the next few weeks, enjoying what Michigan has to offer in a beautiful fall that's still pretty warm, which I'm really enjoying. Until next week, may something wonderful happen to you today.